Hey there, uh, welcome to the Color Timer podcast. I am your host, Vincent Taylor. Uh, this is a podcast where we speak to professionals who work with color every day uh, to tell stories. Uh, today we're going to be speaking to uh, Aurora Gordon, or her, uh, that's what her paperwork says, but uh, she goes by Rory Gordon. Uh, Rory is an incredibly accomplished uh, colorist for film and television, uh, having worked on, oh my gosh, one of my most favorite shows, uh, Lovecraft Country. Uh, she's also an incredible painter uh, and very experienced in working with HDR, which is something I want to chat to her about. And um, yeah, let's get started. Also, don't forget, we're going to use our little color timer and try and keep the... This is 15 minutes. That's all we've got. So we've got to make it work if I remember to use it. Let's go. Take your seats because the hourglass is about to turn. We are entering the world of the micro podcast. Explore the craft, creativity, and science of professionals who use color to tell stories. Welcome to The Color Timer with Vincent Taylor. Um, hi, Rory. Thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. No, it's it's my pleasure. We we managed to get our schedules lined up, which is incredible. I know the stars aligned. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I was going through. I was stalking you. I was going through your your resume, looking at your your site and all the rest of it. And I, uh, because this is a fifteen minute color timer thing. I'm going, oh my God, there's so much I want to ask you. But um, anyway, <laughs> that's that's the bed I made. Um, all right, let me, I, I, before I forget, I'm going to, I'm going to start my, start my color timer. So it's all official. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to jump straight in. I was going to, I was going to start talking to you about your profession as a colorist and, and HDR and all of that. And, and I still want to get to that, but I want to jump into painting yeah. because you're a painter. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, as you know, we spend so many hours uh, in a day, in a week, in a month, in a year on the computer. And really, for me, it's just being off of a device uh, feels really, really good. Um, and what we do is uh, we t we're taking away, right? Like we're working on somebody else's material and refining it and making it better. So in that sense, it's a subtractive art. So for me to have an art that's additive that like I'm starting with the medium. I'm the first one that adds to it. Um, it just feels really good. It just really changes the way I think. And then also speaking of additive and subtractive, right? Like you're working on additive color on a display and I'm working with subtractive color on a, a, a piece of paper or a piece of canvas with paint. Um, so I just think, and I also, I like to study. I really like to study um, and the, the type of painting I do I'll do plain air, um, you know, going out into nature, you know, what it doesn't have to be nature. I do ur urban cityscapes too. Um, but going somewhere and just sitting and thinking and observing, um, or being in my art studio and just, if it's an abstract thing and working on paint, I just think it makes my brain move a little slower. And I think that's when I start to do really interesting things is when I move a little slower and make less decisions, um, but really uh, thoughtful ones. I, I really love it. So, yeah, I have, I have a project called color time too, where I take the run times of films and uh, TV shows too. I'll divide them into 60 and then I'll paint a square for each of those intervals of time. 
And then I end up with a color script that goes from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. And you can see how the color changes. And then because I love puns, the reason I started doing this was because of an art show that was looking for submissions. And I was like, well, color time is a funny pun. So I'll paint color scripts on clocks so it will be color time. And you'll actually see that, you know. But anyway, like, it, it really truly started as like a pun joke. Um, but they're really cool. Like they're really uh, watching the color move. And I've noticed some patterns too, like around nine o'clock <laughs> in pretty much every like movie, TV show, whatever, doesn't matter. And I've done some animation too. Um, you get dark. Like you see the, the palette will get darker. And I think it's because that story structure wise is the point where it's like the long, dark night of the soul. <laughs> and it's like physically the long, dark, you know, like light. It's also the dark night of the soul right about that point, too. So I, I always just kind of I just think it's fun to study. So that's why that's what that's incredible. Yeah. That's you've just blown my mind. That That is amazing. <laughs> and it's, it's where how did you learn to paint? Um. I I I don't know that I have any formal training in painting. I I liked uh, art in you know for as as a kid. Um, I I and and my partner is in animation, um, so they know a ton of um, uh, concept artists, and a lot of our friends are uh, you know through the people that my partner has worked with in animation. I've watched them, and honestly, I think following people on Instagram and like watching watching painters there, it was always something that was like tangential to my work. Um, but I mm. like, I, again, I, I like to study and I like to try. I, I have a very deep but narrow interest set. <laughs> so like color and light, like these are the things that my dad's a jeweler. So like he works with, um, Oh wow. That kind of runs in the family. And we're like, there are like three generations of jewelers that grading diamonds and like looking at light and color like it's it's something that i think is uh um like very very deep in in you know who we are um but yeah. i you know painting is another way to do that so i um because i, I you I know could, there's there's i could very easily i could very easily just to, because I find this really fascinating, especially because a, as a, a a wannabe painter, I just I just bought I just I'm not joking. I just bought a paint by numbers cactus. I love that. Doing. I think because that's study too, right? Like you're studying like yeah. where you know they tell you to put the paint, and then you look at it later and you go, "Wow, that looks really good. How can I do that on my own?" And you know, I yeah, love that I'm, stuff. I'm, it's awesome. It's and look for for anyone who who wants to look up uh, Rory's uh, website, she's got her paintings on her her site, and they're they're great. I'm looking at them right now. I've got oh, got thank some you. Of them up here, and they're they're really cool, man. Thank you. They're, how big are they? How big are they? Uh, small usually, because I when I go out, I take a four by little four by six um, uh, canvas uh, cards, cold, like cold press mm. paper, um, because I like you know I like to be compact. Um, and even when I've done larger, it, they're small. Um, I did a, a calendar of unnameable colors a couple years ago. And even those were probably, I think they were nine by nine. So small. Wait, wait, unnameable colors? Oh, yeah, what? it was. <laughs> so they're like, um, I, I wanted to do another one because I got a lot of people were like, this is so cool. And I was like, really? No, I, I think. I think I have synesthesia or a form of synesthesia where, you know, when you, when your brain is like, Oh, I get, so anyway, like a lot of times I get it with taste. Like, I, I don't know if you get that when you look at a vector scope, I, I very much see different, different tastes as you're kind of moving around in a circle, like, you know, 
red is kind of um, salty, and yellow is like oily and fatty, and then green is a bitter. Um, and then depending on the shade that of blue, it's tart amazing. or it's sweet. That is so cool. Um, so the ca- the calendar I did was like uh, um, it, there there was like a magenta shade for one month, and it was like uh, a jar of jam that has burst on your floor, and you will never clean it up all the way or something like that. So all the all the months were like color. They were colors, but they were names, not. It's not about the color. It's about the experience. Um, That's wonderful. I, I have – in my brain, I have colors for days of the week. It changes sometimes. Yeah. But like like a Thursday is always a kind of a deep red for some reason. Yeah. Or, That's uh, awesome. Anyway, I've, I've, got to, I've, I've got to keep going because I'm, I'm going to run out of time. I'm not going to ask you all these amazing questions I've got to ask you. Uh, you've, you've worked on so many wonderful shows. Um, I'll wait for your image to come back. It looks like there's a little dropout. This is the joy. This is like live there TV. Go. There you okay. are. You're back. It's great. <laughs> um, uh, because I'm because I'm not editing this, you know, because it's real. It's real time. So yeah, it's like, go for ah. it. All right, all right. Let me go. Oh, which question shall I ask you? Which shall I, um, uh, 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 uh. let's talk about? Um, so you've you've um, you've done research on applied color science and practical color workflows. Um, uh, tell me about that. What is that? Uh, yeah. So, uh, to me, color science is the creative of the big picture and color as my work as a colorist is creative of the, of the, of the micro. Um, so it's like macro level systems versus micro level systems. And, um, what I do in, uh, the research that I've undertaken in the color science world, um, it's all about trying to measure things, right? That's what I love about science is that it is really the, um, trying to figure out how to measure things and communicate them. And when you're talking about uh, color, which is um, not, I mean, something may emit certain spectra, a light source may be emit certain spectra um, or, you know, a thing may absorb certain spectra. Um, But uh, color is context. Um, Color is a perceptual experience, Um, including the viewer and the display. It's like such a long chain of, places there can be variables and certainly with humans there's like an organic element to it right so like your vision as 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 it was when you were 18 years old is different than it will be when you're 68 years old um Hmm. so i knowing that (laughs) the whole experience is ephemeral and temporary (laughs) um I think my my goal in all the different topics I've researched has been how to communicate how things are changing and describe the relationship, um, which is like another reason I think like calculus is so beautiful. For example, it's like mm. trying to describe these nonlinear relationships. Um, you know, our relationship. Anyway, so the specific, I'm also trying to be like, how do I get all my things in the 15 minute window? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. The pressure's on, man. <laughs> Um, so specifically the areas I have researched are, um, uh, uh, HDR and how, so my, the first paper I did for, uh, the, I did was, um, and by the way, I have no, really no formal training in math or science. I just like, I, I love to, like I said, to study things. Um, so the, the first paper I did was, I think in 2018. Um, and, uh, I took, cause at the time we had, three first season shows that were all in HDR and they all used the same, um, color workflow. So I, what I did is, uh, we had the, and all of them had standalone HDR deliverables and SDR deliverables. And we had, you know, our 
obviously suite of color management. Um, so we had the same, um, uh, the same, um, uh, creative part of the, you know, same, same grades. And then our ODTs would change depending on the, 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 uh, the container that we were delivering for. So Rec 709, P3, um, P3 in a 2020 container. Um, so, uh, I measured in SDR the contrast ratio between the key side of the face and the fill side of the face, um, in the SDR version and the HDR version. And we did very minimal trims. Really, this was a, uh, because again, the workflow was so strong, but I wanted to see what, how the contrast ratio would change in SDR and HDR. Um, and the main conclusion that I came to was that, um, when you have, a, a, a transform like that, it's basically a math machine that takes one in and gives you one out. Right. Um, but depending on the content that you're feeding in, you're going to get a different, um, relational result at the end. So if you fed a very low key image in that had a really dim um, key and a really dim fill, it could be that uh, both sides of the face would actually get darker. Cause remember HDR also depends on black or blacks um, to, in, to get to that very, very high contrast ratio. Um, yeah. You know, if you had a really high contrast image, the key side of the face could increase and then the uh, fill side of the, Face could decrease, and so you would end up with overall higher contrast in HDR. And then wow. there, I would find some examples, really, really bright examples. Like I had one, it was the tick um, with a, a character flying through the sky. So both sides very, very bright. And then in the HDR version, both sides of the face were were brighter. Um, so that 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 the most interesting observation was that yeah, guess what? Depending on the content that you're putting into um, your, your transform or your LUT, um, if you're working, you know, with everything concatenated and LUT based, uh, workflow. Um, and this is a log based workflow, by the way, it, it, mm -hmm. the content that you're putting in is going to change the effect of the, um, color science decisions. So it is worth it to make bespoke decisions on a show by show basis. That's the, right. Whew, I tried to run through that as <laughs> That's so, that's so good, so though. Good. That's like, and 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 my brain's already going. Yeah, but what about what about what about? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's and and this, is, this is the thing I'm quite enjoying. Uh, when I first started this idea of just having this 15 minute chat, I went, "Is this is this silly? Is this gonna?" But I quite like it because it keeps it keeps you going. All right, let's you know, and it it just you know, and who's got time? Yeah. Who's got time to listen anyway? You know, I know. So, I know. Um, uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna get how, how much. Well, yeah, I've got I've got time for a couple more questions. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm having fun. Uh, this is fun. <laughs> what do I got? What do I get? What do I get? Uh, oh, so so anyway, these articles got got published in uh, the Simti Journal. Uh, so yes. I guess I guess my question is, tell me about Simti. Well, who's that for? What is that? Yeah, uh, that's the Society of Motion Picture and Television Engineers, um, and that is. Uh, uh, they do uh, conferences. Um, let's see, I think I have the mission statement, as I thought you might ask. Uh, the mission of the journal is to drive the quality and evolution of motion pictures, television, and professional media through our global society of technologists, developers, and creatives by setting industry standards, providing relevant education, and fostering an engaged membership community. So the big thing that they do is standards. Um, so, you know, standards uh, uh, in terms of... Um, uh, file formats in terms of display, like it, everything, when you think of simty bars, those originate from, um, uh, 
the Society of Motion Picture and Television Engineers. Um, and the big thing is, uh, for me anyway, about the journal is the peer review element of it. Um, it's not, you know, when you, when you publish a book or you publish an article on a blog or something, it, it doesn't need to go through peer review. When you publish with a journal, it has to go through a committee of people that all say, like, this methodology makes sense. This person, you know, their, their controls are all in the right place. Um, and that's very, very attractive to me, uh, is, is the opportunity to be in a peer review situation and have community because what we do as colorists, we're so isolated. (laughs) Um, and I, even, I think post each post facility can be isolated and you get like, Oh, well, this is the way we do it because this is the way we do it in this facility. But I, I really enjoy being a part of organizations like that where you're um you know you're you're looking at like the like i said the macro creativity of the macro versus creativity of the micro and people are looking at like okay well what makes the sense the same sense and i think it's really helpful um especially considering how many different uh display options people have how many and the sheer number of surrounds in which people watch things. I mean, people watch things on the Metro on their phones and, you know, ultimately they, they find a way to, to view it and see it. Um, and you know, there's, there's, there's so many different ways an image can look in an end user situation. I think being aware of, um, the, the process, the engineering to get it to them, um, the psychophysics of the displays, it's all psychophysics. Yeah. That's such a great phrase. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, because it is, like I said, you know, colors a perceptual experience. It's not just, yeah. it's not just one measurable, you know, Pantone value. It's, um, it, it's the combination of the surround, the person, the display, um, the choices made, you know, everything from the camera to the lensing, um, as you know, lensing, that's a huge, that has a huge impact yeah. on, on coloring as well. I, I think about that all the time. Like when we're, when we're matching, we don't, you know, like we don't know, we don't know which lens in a set is a, as a, is a DP's favorite. Um, so, you know, we're matching everything, make it, take out all the seams, but like, that's a, that's a huge critical choice. Like of like, yeah. which lens in that set was that DP's favorite. I mean, you know, they'll travel as a, as a group and obviously the same similar optical qualities like for, for, for a whole um, lens package. But, you know, just these tiny choices, they just ripple so far out downstream. And every time I have clients that are like, they get nervous cause they see it in the color bay and it's like, Oh, that's beautiful. But it looks a little different on the mix stage. You have to, I think um, my, my, you know, working with Simpty and being aware of the standard, I, what I always say is like, Standards are important because it's important to know where the the standard is that you deviate from. So when we calibrate everything to standards um, in the color bay, but then that way, you know, like things could deviate in a lot of different directions, but we know that we started from the the, the ideal point at which everybody else is measuring things. So yeah, it is going to deviate in the real world, but it's going to deviate in a lot of different directions. And what we're going to do is we're going to start where we know the deviations also begin from. <laughs> so it's, it's, it, it, it amazes me. And, and as you, cause I realized my, my sand time has run out. Oh, oops. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm breaking the rules. No, but, but it made me think, cause the, the idea behind this podcast was to do like a 12 part 
uh, first season. And uh, if you if you're up for it. Can you be on season two? Because well, there's sure. so much more. There's so much more I want to. I haven't even started, and and I, and I would love to uh, love to keep going. There's more I wanted to speak to you about HDR specifically, and and about that world as well. Yeah, but, um, yeah, another world with a lot of decisions. Um, Rory, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. It was amazing. Thank it was you, really, Vincent. really fantastic. That was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I've started doing these. Uh, I, I, I was. Originally, when I started doing the interviews, I, I started to try and introduce the guest, speak to the guest, do the thank yous, do it all in the one thing. But my my brain, it just doesn't work. So so that's why I'm doing these bookends before and after the interview. Uh, but uh, thank you uh, to Rory for coming on board. And and I think yeah, if we if we end up doing a season two, uh, I'll definitely have to get her back because there's so much more I want to speak to her about. Um, uh, thank you to Mixing Light. Uh, for, for, for hosting the show and, and having me on board. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Mixing Light site, you already know what they do. But if you don't, check them out. It, look, they're, they're, they're all things kind of to help you as a, as a colorist and, and everything from uh, the software into talking about color. Uh, and thank you to Filmlight, my friend of the show. Thank you. And Kayla, my producer. Uh, and thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, do all that kind of stuff. All right. Cheers. See ya. The Color Timer, a micro-podcast experience.